a lot of them, I can't say all of them, but a lot of them really love the water and it just felt like that all the public beaches yeah. are free in Hawaii. I yeah. mean, yeah, you can sympathize. Yeah, it's like, I, Lord knows how much wa- right. the water bills have escalated during our right. childhood. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, so many baths, so many baths. So like, much running like, water at like yeah. five in the morning. <laughs> I know. Like, why do you keep turning it on? Because he loves it's the like, feeling of it. like, how long are you going to take a shower? I know. <laughs> All aboard, my bold and beautiful wanderers. Welcome to Your Odyssey Awaits. It's a podcast about a single 27-year-old woman who likes to give useful advice about how to create your own travel plans, but staying reasonable within your budget, the ins and outs of traveling, as well as telling the tales of my highs and my lows about my past experiences. I'm your host, Adi Izigwe, and I welcome y'all to this journey. So you already got the questions I sent you? I did. All right, great. I like to at least make this a little bit as smooth as possible for people, but still there'll be some randomness or tangents. Tangents will always happen with me. Of I'm, course. I'm, I'm using this by now. All right. So <laughs> tell me your name, age, occupation, and your escape plan. And it's an open-ended question, so it can be anything you want. Okay. Um, so I'm Dina Farmer. I'm 37 years old, and I am a travel advisor, uh, and I emphasize, or well, I guess I should say I specialize in helping uh, special needs families get out and travel the world because that can be um, a challenge on top of a challenge, you know. Um, I guess for my escape plan, my my favorite place on the entire planet Earth is Hawaii. Um, oh. So, not this one. Um, so I, we were very, we're a military family and we're very blessed to be able to uh, receive orders to Hawaii. And um, it's, I, I can't say that it, I have anywhere else in the world that I'd rather be <laughs> than any of the four major islands. Like I'm happy, like any of them would be great to live for the rest of my, <laughs> All right. you said my you tra- days. So you said you traveled as a military mm-hmm. family. Where like how many places have you been to? Like how many countries? How many cities? Um, so the – can you hear that? I might move away from him if that you can. Um, okay. Um, we have been – we have been stationed in Arizona, um, Japan, and twice in Japan actually, Maine or um, Tokyo area and then up north in the Amori Prefecture. And we've been to Hawaii. And um, our current location is Colorado. Uh, And then we've got one more assignment left. And I'm hoping that it's Florida because I am a big Disney buff. So (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be an annual pass holder and go to Disney all the time because they're really great with um, people uh, with any kind of disability. So I would love to be able to go there. Um, We haven't traveled as much as, like, we haven't moved as much. We've traveled a lot. We just haven't moved as much as other military families. Um, But... Like I, I'm also an Air Force brat, so we did <laughs> a lot of moving there. And we lived um, in Japan again, and Greece, and Turkey. Mm. Um, I love both those countries. And um, my, I'm part Turkish, so um, that that's where I was born <laughs> there. <laughs> and then I think my, my God, we spent a lot of time in Japan actually, and not even talking about it. <laughs> I don't know why we keep ending up in Japan, but. I mean, I, I don't happens. blame you. It's a, it's a lovely country that it I is. hope to visit maybe next year. Let's see how <laughs> the world, let's see how the world works first. Yes. Fingers crossed. Ugh. I would love to resume like, well, not resume, but whatever, you know, like however travel's going to be, like I would love to get that kick started. 
Yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Have you been doing the move with the kids or has it been happening like before they were even born? Yes. We've been, well, we've, we've been a military family since before they were born. But when we, I started getting my sons on the road, I, um, I was really more concerned about getting all their vaccine vaccinations done before we hit the road. So both of them, their first trips were 10 months and uh, 19 months old. Okay. So, yeah, my first, my son's first trip was uh, my oldest son who has autism. Um, his first trip was a cruise to Alaska, and he was like <laughs> the star of the ship. All the um, staff kept kidnapping him. I put air quotes there. Like he's um, he's part Filipino, so they, the, you know, a lot of the crew is usually um, from the Philippines or other third um, world countries, and it was just kind of funny to have them like make him <laughs> part of their family, basically. Aww. And I was like, well, now I get to eat my meals hand free, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna complain. So look at him getting yeah. spoiled. That's I know. <laughs> He totally was. He totally was. And he really, I mean, I don't, you know, he's 10 months old at the time, but it seemed like he enjoyed visiting Alaska. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I want to go back someday. Maybe with this one that's sitting next to me right now. (laughs) All right. So I'll start things off by asking, since you mentioned that your travel agent that specializes with families, with individuals with special needs. So how exactly does that work? What factors do you look into when you are making these arrangements? So I look, I look specifically at what kind of accommodations are available to them, as well as like if those accommodations have any kind of programs that are um, tailored towards individuals with cognitive disabilities. So for example, um, something that comes right at the top of my list is I know the Sheridan in Anaheim near Disneyland has a, an autism program so that all the staff are well aware that there's an individual with autism there and they have bracelets or lanyards that they'll give to that individual. So if that person has a meltdown, they're not going to be like, oh, you need to stop that or like stop doing that. They'll be more understanding and the staff is actually trained in autism awareness to be able to... Is this this for kids or also for adults too? It it is also for adults as well. Oh. I mean, of course, it seems like there's so many more things for children, but it does extend to adults as well. I wish so. I knew, I wish I knew that because my yeah. I attempted to do a family trip I believe two or so years ago, mm-hmm. and is I just wish like the <laughs> I had something in the facilities that was you know for my brother or at least in the event that he had a meltdown or if we had lost him this the staff right. would be well versed in how to handle the situation right exactly and having, I, having an adult black male with autism especially the current state in the country. It's like exactly it's a whole other thing to be concerned about too. It's scary. It's, it's very scary. And I, I, that's why I work with suppliers that, um, sorry, that specifically have programs like that. So like in the event that if your adult brother got lost, um, that band that they give them, give him, is an identifier so that he they know not only does he have autism, but this is his name and this is the people that um, are tied to him so that they can contact them right away. And that's, um, I think there was another supplier that it, their name is not popping up in my head right now, but they um, they also have like things that say nonverbal or verbal or, you know, okay. something like that. So that in the case that if they got lost, like. <laughs> like how to at least communicate with them if they right. can. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that's then, really nice. Yeah. I love And then I also help families um, with programs because I keep running across this over and over that they don't know what TSA CARES are and like how to set TSA CARES up for when they're getting ready to fly out or um, finding transportation options that will not stress somebody out when they're traveling, especially with a cognitive disability, you know? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really, I'm going to probably have you email me all these resources after okay. the show, and I'll put it in the show notes because, and just send to my parents because this is amazing. Right. And I feel like it's a very underserved community, to be honest. Like when I started doing this for my, as my, on my own as a mother of a child with autism, yeah, she is eating. Um, <laughs> um, it just felt like there's, wasn't resources out there that would make it easy um, for families to travel, you know? Yeah. So I was like, well, if I'm struggling, I know he's visiting. Um, I felt like if I was struggling, then other people obviously had to be struggling, you know. I couldn't be the only one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I never really considered that there's other people, other families out there that is going through the same concerns that my family is. And I, I will admit, I do feel guilty, like even myself, like I've, I've grown up with my brother basically all my life for 27 years. And I didn't think about being more considerate or thinking more intently about the type of facilities that I should book, what the staff would do, just mm-hmm. ways to make him a little bit more comfortable than just bringing his stuff to keep him entertained. So right. I hope right. that in the future when things calm down and I have time to arrange another family get together, then I can at least use these resources that you've provided to make these a little bit more safer and more easier for me as well Absolutely. as other people who may listen. Right. And I, uh, another resource that I'll send it to you, um, but there's another one that I'm certified through, which is called the IBCCS and it's the international board of, um, continuing education. I know. Uh, yes because <laughs> I'm not helping him um, but anyway the, the IBCCS certifies organizations um, through travel and leisure and other places like hospitals and zoos and um, schools and stuff like that to be trained in autism awareness and like beyond just awareness but also like being able to support them through um, vacations and that place will list like organizations that have been trained by the IBCCS. So, you know, when you're going there, you can travel confidently. So for instance, um, there's two cities now that have been certified through the IBCCS to be autism friendly, um, which is like so great that you can go, you can go to Mesa, Arizona and know that 80% of the businesses there are autism friendly. Oh, that's good. I'm so (laughs) Like, that's so amazing. You said Mesa, yeah. Arizona? Yep, Mesa, Arizona, and um, Myrtle Beach in South Carolina has oh, also been Oh, Myrtle Beach too? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Something to consider. Yes, yeah, totally. And if you're like a theme park person, um, I know that the top of my head right now, that's Six Flags, all 26 of them have been certified um, to be an autism-friendly center. So Really? Yeah. Because like Six Flags was always like our go-to theme park adventure almost every summer growing up and yes. over Texas like even my brother I can admit he always had fun there so it's right. nice knowing that Six Flags is legit and it's family yeah. friendly for all families almost all families <laughs> I can't make all these claims but for me right. I'm happy yes and it, it's nice because they are um 
because they got certified through the IPCCS, they now have like markers in front of the rides that say like what sensory thing is going to happen on the ride. Like you might get wet or like this is dark or this is scary or light sensitivity or noise or something like that. So that, you know, before you get on the ride that, okay, okay, that's not going to work for us or he'll be okay. Or she'll be okay. Um, on this ride, you know, so you can better plan your day at the parks, which I'm like, ah, this is so, we've come so far. I I I really think. Yeah. So is that information just like, like a sign next to the ride or is it Mm -hmm. also available online as well? It it is also available online, but um, I guess if you, I don't think you need a lot of planning personally to go to Six Flags. So if you just show up, (laughs) the markers will be out there for you to see too. Okay, that's good yeah. to hear. <laughs> it's not like Disney World, not at all. We're just like, oh my gosh, that's that's a lot of planning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, hold on one second. There is nothing else in there. This is just lunch. Okay, you want the cheese? Sorry, I grabbed a lunch while I was coming home from my appointment too. <laughs> now nah, you're good. <laughs> All right. So are you a travel advisor just for families with special needs or just in general as well for the general population? Yeah. So I'm pivoting more towards families with special needs uh, because of my background and then also um, working a lot with the IBCCS that I I got certified to be an autism um, travel professional. But if a family that didn't have a cognitive disability or other special need came to me, I would never turn them down because I have a family. I understand what it's like to travel with family. So I would absolutely love to help them, but most of my work is in <laughs> um, with special needs travel. Okay, then. So how do you feel about yeah. people these days just traveling more and even to this point, like planning things on their own? Because I know like with some people who are travel advisors, travel agents, I mean, it's great because ideally it should be more business, but then people are mm-hmm. taking on the helms of just doing it themselves without asking for really any advice. How's that? How does that deal with your situation with your career? Um, I, I mean, there's going to be competition everywhere, <laughs> regardless of what, you know, uh, like with online, um, that's what they're called, online travel agencies like Expedia and all those kinds of places. Yeah. Um, I, I know that there's a certain demographic that is more interested in DIYing their vacations. And I absolutely don't want to like, say anything negative about them and be like, you shouldn't do that or whatever, because that's absolutely their prerogative. That's the way they want to work. Um, then that's all I'm, I'm more than happy to cheer them on <laughs> from the background. But I, I also, um, I, I also have a, a target demographic of people that I know need my help. So I wouldn't be like, you shouldn't do that. Um, I would just feel that a lot more research needs to be done before you DIY a vacation, you know? So for example, I've, I've had people that have asked me in the past uh, about a vacation package and come to me and we've gone through the whole process and then they decide later, oh, well, I'm just going to go book it on my own through Costco <laughs> or something. And then they get to the location and they're surprised that, you know, the hotel hasn't been vetted because you booked it through an online travel agency and the hotel is not up to whatever standard that they had and then called me. And unfortunately now it's out of my hands because they booked through the online travel agency and I can't change the trip that they booked. Right. You know? So, um, like absolutely do it if that's the way you feel comfortable, but just make sure that you are looking for, like you're looking through a vetted, um, and trusted <laughs> online travel agency, you know? 
That's fair. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, let's not be let's not be unrealistic. I used to do it before <laughs> I became a travel advisor, too. And now I'm like, I only use myself or um, if I like if I don't know a country, I'll use one of my travel agent um, friends or travel advisor friends to help me like book <laughs> a vacation for my family. Like, OK, I'll do the autism bit, but you just give us like all the tours and all that stuff because I don't know anything about XYZ country, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have to ask, what have been your best vacations, best locations for you and your family? That's been honestly the most accommodating as well as the most fun. Um, so the top of my list, I I think I'm a little bit biased because when <laughs> we we were stationed on the island of Oahu um in Hawaii and uh I just felt like everything was really accommodating there. And autistic children, a lot of them, I can't say all of them, but a lot of them really love the water and just felt like that all the public beaches yeah. are free in Hawaii. I yeah. mean, yeah, you can sympathize. Yeah. It's like, I, Lord knows how much wa- right. the water bills have escalated during our right. childhood. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, so many baths, so many baths. So like, much running like, water in like yeah. five in the morning. I know. <laughs> like, why do you keep turning it on? Because he loves it's the like feeling how long of it. Gonna take a shower. I know, <laughs> but I um I just felt like it was really accommodating there in Hawaii, and there seems to be a a lot more um, vacation rental homes there. Which um, my son does a lot better in rental homes as opposed to hotels. Although he loves like bar soap, <laughs> from, but I'm like, we'll just buy some and <laughs> put it in the the rental home, you know, but, um, I guess there just seems to be a larger volume of those. And maybe they're because of the rules in Hawaii about like over, um, tourism there. Um, but he, we haven't had a bad experience on any of the three islands that we visited there. So yeah, like I think our favorite is definitely the big Island of Hawaii because it's so big. Um, and then my son really loves volcanoes and like, there's nowhere else in the U.S. that you can like go <laughs> and see a volcano. So fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> in the U.S., other places in the world, yes. Like I know you can go in Costa Rica and definitely be like, "Hey, volcano, what's going so on?" So many volcanoes. <laughs> I know. Still erupted any day. It's a, it's hilariously interesting <laughs> it, and scary. It is. <laughs> You're so right. Because <laughs> I just went last winter. It's like, oh my god. It's like I should know better. It could right. erupt, but it's still so cool I, to I, see I, it. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Yes. So true. All right. So I love the idea of Hawaii, but I'm just going to say the price of flights may Mm. be a factor when we ever we plan this out in the future. So maybe, but right now prices are really great. And I I, I know, I mean, for me, yes, I would go, but my family, no, no, they're sticklers for staying at home right now until I see the, the virus somehow subsides. So well, maybe you can tell them uh, that Kauai, the island of Kauai, is actually doing a thing called resort bubbles now. So even though you still have to stay there for the 14-day quarantine, this is at the time of the recording, um, uh, you can leave your hotel room and be like explore the um, options that are at the resort for you. So you can't like leave the resort, but you can at least quarantine in the resort and not be confined to your hotel room. So I like, what? Nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go all the way to Hawaii and just be like, well, I guess I'm going to stay in my... It's like, what, what's <laughs> the point of all that money? Just to be in yes. your room. Right. Exactly. Unless so that's everything right. is in your room, then maybe. Right. Maybe. 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 I have the pool and the beach and like... Might, the room of- might as well be as big as a house. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. So maybe maybe that's an option to be like, okay, well, there's changing slowly, okay. but I may I may pitch that. That yeah. may work out in our favor. <laughs> um, and then the second place that was really great for us, and although like Turkey is not up to speed as far as autism friendly goes, um, I feel like. We just had a really great time there because Turkish people are really, really kind, um, okay. especially to travelers. So um, even though like I would tell people like, okay, don't, don't touch my son or, you know, like he gets really overstimulated really easily in big crowded areas. It just felt like they were like, well, he's one of us. So <laughs> he's a human being like, let's like have fun. And it was just really social and kind and we had so much fun exploring ancient sites wow. like Ephesus um, and like going to different places in Istanbul. And my son really had a, a great, great time there. Where are some good where are some good sites to see when you're in Turkey? Because I'm wow. I've been thinking about going to Turkey at some time, so this may be a good a good time to ask. So probably some of the the heritage sites like uh, like I said, Ephesus, which is a ancient city right outside the city of Izmir. Um, it's kind of cool because you can you're like walking in the footsteps of people that were there thousands of years ago. Like there's still preserved cobblestone or marble streets and like bathrooms are still <laughs> there. There's a huge library that's like just the shell of the library, but you can, it's like amazing. You can only imagine how big that library was right. in the past. Um, there's so much in Istanbul. It's almost impossible to list, but I feel like the top of my list would be to go see Hagia Sophia, um, which is, it just got converted back to a mosque. It was a Christian church. Um, and then I really like seeing the, uh, the, oh, it starts with an L. Oh no, what's its name? (laughs) I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's underground. Um, and there is a statue of Medusa inside of it and her head is upside down and nobody can really explain why the, the head of the statue is upside down. It's kind of, and like, how did it get there as well? Because like, it's underground, but yeah, it's really cool to see that. And these huge fish that are just swimming around. Yeah. Let me look into that one. Yeah. I have to find it. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you, but yeah, Turkey's really, and then, you know, of course there's like the resort areas of um, Antalya. Yeah. Antalya that has like beautiful beaches and um, like, wonderful food and the top 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 of my list that I haven't gone yet but I really want to go is Cappadocia with yeah which everybody knows is, about right yeah I definitely a, want to do that's that number one thing I'm looking forward to if I ever visit yeah it's it's gorgeous it's gorgeous I'm I want to I do didn't get to stay um I was like through passing so I didn't get to actually stay but I would love to stay at like the cave hotel and yes. you know like get my coffee in the morning really thick <laughs> Turkish coffee and the side of Turkish delights and yes, the hot air balloons up in the sky during the sunset. It's like oh. yes, beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. So, Turkey is a wonderful country. You should absolutely add it like <laughs> to your list. I mean, it's on the list. It's just yeah. it's, it's a long list. It is. It is. But once you get there, it's very economical, which I was surprised to learn. So it's really getting there. That's the, okay, that's that's the main thing. I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to hear for my mm-hmm. bank account. 
Yeah. Um, we'll try to salvage from the last one. I know. Oh, I know. Traveling, it's it can put a, a dent in your pocketbook. I mean, sure. if you do it smartly, then right. there's some way around it. I mean, the main thing is just knowing, okay, how much does my dollar stretch? And right. That's the it biggest stretches thing. very far in Turkey. That's for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. Thank you. The last time I checked, the exchange rate was like seven lira to the US dollar. So oh. it, it goes pretty far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more location that just puts your heart asunder. Hmm. You know, um, this is prior to kids, um, but I've been doing a lot of research and I really want to go back there because of um, how autism friendly it seems, but I loved Ireland. Really? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Uh, They're just like, the country's always green. Like there's no, like there's no false about that statement. It's, it's always green there. And I went during the winter time. I was there from November. I used all 90 days of my tourist visa. Nice. Um, and it was just like this really amazing experience of, you know, cause it's a, a perfect place to do a self drive. So you just, you know, get a rental okay. car and you can drive around the whole Island um, and see all these amazing places like, you know, going to Cary, um, County Cary and going to Cork City and like seeing the Blarney Castle and Clear Larney and just like all these amazing places and seeing sheep everywhere. Um, <laughs> but the main thing that I really want to go is um, they just seem like they're really accommodating for people with cognitive disabilities. Okay. And um, especially because you can get into a car and drive around uh, as long as your, you know, your loved one doesn't get car sick um, really easily. It can be a really great way to travel and like low stress, you know? So okay. my son loves being in the car. So he's like, I'm fine with it. And I figured it would be a really great way to see Ireland and pop in and out of the car at different locations um, where we're going without necessarily being tied to a tour group that he could be like, I'm, I'm not done looking at this, you know, okay. and, but we still have to move on. But so I think that's a really beautiful thing about Ireland. And um, Shannon Airport has a sensory room so if they're getting overwhelmed while they're waiting to get onto the flight or whatever, um, they can go to the sensory room and calm down. And I'm just like, this is so great that they have an option to self-regulate in the airport. I didn't think about that. That's a yeah. really great addition because it's just so hectic in the airport, especially mm-hmm. if you're short on time. And oh my God, I would, yeah. airports need this. They're doing it really slowly, really slowly, but it's, it's progress, it's but yeah. It could be a little faster. It could be. It could be. And I, I wish that more airports and airlines would get up to speed with cognitive or even accessible. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> even accessible stuff. It seems like there's just not like any kind of disability with airlines seems like they're not really like listening, you know, okay. we need to move up <laughs> a little bit faster. There's a market here. Adapt right. to it, please. Exactly. Exactly. Because we could really use the support yeah. 110%. And especially like, I apologize that my child has a meltdown on an airplane, but like it can be really overwhelming traveling with all that noise from the, the flight itself and then bells and whistles are going off and people are coughing. There's flight attendants walking up and down the aisle. It can be really yeah, stressful, but we also have a right to travel as well. So I feel like if airlines could just find solutions and talk to individuals with cognitive disabilities about what would and wouldn't work for right. them, you know. 
It would make airlines. Yeah, it would make travel so much easier. (laughs) It would. Yeah. Especially if it was a long flight too. Yes. Yes. And our flight to Turkey was nine hours. And I'm like so proud of my son for being a champ because <laughs> like, his brother was done. He was two at the time. And I was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> it's a long flight. And he didn't sleep at all. So I was just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of leads into the next question I have for you. And I'll pitch in here too, because I know I have my own grievances. Right. But what are some frustrations that you've dealt with traveling with your son, either just dealing with it as a parent or what you've encountered by other people or even family? Um, I think my biggest grievances is like not like tour suppliers or, and, and especially I'm talking about airlines again, it just seems like they just um, don't or aren't willing to have an understanding about people with cognitive disabilities. Mm -hmm. So like when my son has had meltdowns in the airport, um, or on an airplane, it's like, I, (laughs) there once, you know, like once a person gets to that meltdown, there's no ending the meltdown, like in the middle of it, they're not neurotypical. So he has to go through the entire process and then he settles down, but it just seems like they are like, you need to hurry up and stop him crying because he's disturbing other pastures and like the world is ending because your child can't control his emotions. And like that, I'm like, I, I just need you to understand though. I'm doing the best that I can. I've done everything I can to avoid this meltdown, but sometimes, you know, (laughs) you run out of options and it's not possible. Um, so I, I think that airlines really need to do a better job of understanding, um, and doing training for their staff and crew, you know, um, thank you. <laughs> He's giving me his chewed up grape. Oh, <laughs> it is yucky. I didn't really want it. Thank you. <laughs> he just threw it away. He did. My <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I think it's it's, and I'm not asking for a lot really, but I feel like a lot of times I think that's the big thing that we keep encountering over and over again is when my son gets overwhelmed. It seems like there's no. Um, there's not a lot of accommodations on the road to better support us um, so he can have quiet spaces to go relax or that there's, um, you know, somewhere cool or comfort, like comfortable for him to go and chill out. Like when he's being overstimulated from something like going to go see Hagia Sophia in Turkey. And he's like, there's so many people there and they're so loud and there's nowhere for us to go to be like, okay, <laughs> like that was, that was a lot today, you know, um, or just having, just having understanding period. That seems to be my biggest grievance on the road. That's the biggest thing is understanding. Mm -hmm. Cause I know with us, like another issue that we deal with when we travel and thankfully people are more aware of what neuroatypicals are and what to watch out for. Uh, But I know growing up one frustration that me and my parents always dealt with is like if we go somewhere or visiting family or other individuals and my brother does have those meltdowns they always give these looks like negative looks at my brother yes and then they're always <laughs> demanding like hey you should control your child like hey mm-hmm. why is he acting that way and then the kids that we're playing with and hanging out with was like hey why is your brother acting so weird why is he doing this it's like it's, i can't stop this especially like i'm also the i'm his i'm his younger sister like by two years but with this I kind of took on the role as the older sibling because I'm I'm for some reason I have to justify 
his actions every time he acted up, but it's not intentional. This is just how things are. Just give him some space, let it play out and it'll be fine. It's so true. And I will say okay. as like, as a younger sibling, my sister, she's like 12 years younger than me. So at this point in time, it's like, there's no way I can see her like taking on that responsibility like I did. I can definitely see siblings especially when going out, it's like an additional responsibility to have to look into, like not only to make sure your sibling or family member is in a good state, but also like dealing with all those looks and glares from other people and trying to protect your loved one from all that. And right. I'm, I'm just happy to know that there are more resources out there because my parents have met another family in our Nigerian community that mm-hmm. also has a young autistic son. And it's so wonderful to see that my parents have become that resource that they wish they had when they right. we were growing up and giving all these tips and tricks and resources that this family can use for their son now. And he's very comfortable with where he's at. And I'm happy to see that people are more accepting and more knowledgeable of what to do. Right. Thank goodness for, yes, <laughs> for that. It's, it's, it's a hair pulling situation for us. Yeah, all, it is. It's a hundred percent. And I, um, you actually, there was another thing I was just thinking oh. about. Um, there is a special pass. Mommy. I know there's a special pass at, um, no. Walt Disney world called the disability access pass. And there's one also at Dis. um, sorry, universe studios. And I think that's something that really, uh, like bothers me a lot is when people will see us get into the fast pass line because we've been using this pass. And it's not that we're cutting ahead of people. It's that we're waiting in a virtual queue because yeah. my son is physically and mentally incapable of waiting in a line. Like yes. he's got 30 minutes There's and no then no, There's none no. whatsoever. So, and Especially I think with that a large crowd and all the noise, right. like it's, it's a terrible and probably a terrifying event for them. So. Right. Right. It's like only if only we could see the world through their eyes and see what they're experiencing, like we would know like why this line is not a possibility yeah. <laughs> for us. Um, but it makes me feel like when people give us like that nasty look of like, Ugh, why are they getting into the fast pass line or whatever? It's like, well, you don't understand like what I have to go through every single day with my child. Yes. Like, give us this little reprieve of time. We're not cutting the line. We, we were in line. We're just not physically in it. That's a good resource. Know? I wish I'd known about that when we last went to Disney World. That's, right. See, it's all so this, good. All this it's stuff so good. I, I yeah. learned. <laughs> well, when you take your brother to Universal Studios, Hollywood, or Orlando, um, they also have the same thing. So. Okay, good. Because <laughs> yeah. I like Universal. <laughs> yeah, same thing, same thing. Just a virtual line. But my only problem with Universal is you have to lock everything up in lockers. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's not going to work out for my parents. No, (laughs) no. Like, dang it. I really, I I know why they do it. Like some the rides are a lot more thrilling than Disney. I know, but it's just like, but sometimes my son does not want to be detached from his lovey, which is Pikachu. And I just like, I can't, uh, we can't leave Pikachu. The world will end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. My brother's the same way with his CD player. It's like, if you take it out of his hand, it's like, it's game over. Right, right, right. Like Pikachu must always, right, like M- your CD must player. Must be present. Always. Yes, yes, yeah. It's like, we got to take him everywhere at Legoland, but like Universe Studios, I'm like, ah, maybe when he's less attached to Pikachu, like we'll reevaluate that going there as a family. <laughs> at Disney, he's allowed to, which Pikachu has been on 
oh my god like the twilight hour of terror he's been on rock and roller coaster like <laughs> he's been everywhere all right uh, so i must ask uh how has traveling left an impact on your son like has it been a positive experience overall have you seen some positive traits that he's achieved that maybe others who haven't had the opportunity have mm-hmm. had so what's your interpretation of how all this has been going for him um actually it's been really positive because my son can be really shy when it comes to strangers and i'm not asking him to like have a full-blown conversation with strangers but right. um for instance we've gone to when we went to um where did we go Disney. <laughs> um, there's this really cool thing that they do there. It's called pen trading. And so you can go as cast members and you can buy your own pens and then trade pens with cast members. And the cast members are also allowed to say, um, no, I don't want to trade this pen, but I can trade this pen. So not only has it taught my son to, uh, uh, sorry, start conversations, it's also ta- taught him to um, compromise with strangers yeah. that he's never met before. So it's like, it's it's been really enriching to be able to take us out of our daily bubble and go somewhere else that he's like, I don't know who these people are, um, but I have to communicate with them somehow. And uh, I feel like travel has also brought curiosity in my son that wasn't there before right. we started traveling. Like, so he, he's got this huge bucket list of places in the world that he wants to go to. And like his motivations are different than mine of course (laughs) but it's just it's interesting like he wants to go see um dc because the of the national monument he's just like well it's a egyptian obelisk so i want to go see it and i'm like i guess i don't know like i guess that's not my my thought process of why i want to go see dc but that's the what he wants to get his reasons yeah he's expressing it too he is and that's that's a great point is that he's actually expressing places that he wants to go instead of just going along with it and or going there and being really ticked off that, you know, he didn't have any thought um, input into where we're going. So right. I love that he has this list going and we've, we're up to like 15 places right now. Oh, like, nice. I don't know how we're going to get there, but we'll, <laughs> no, I, we'll figure it out. He's I know. Young. We'll, yeah. we'll knock him off in no time. He will. He will. So, um, I'm hoping like, I know right now the top of his list is Santa Fe, which is right next door. Oh, um, so yeah, I was like, well, we'll just drive down there. Um, when one of your school breaks are and finally check that out. Cause he's just like, I just want to see this, uh, just see the, uh, the, I think it's Pueblo. Yeah, the Pueblo. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to see those. So, because um, we have some here in Colorado, but they're just not as big. <laughs> so he wants to really explore them. Like, well, that's great. And, it, and that's what I was trying to say is that it's just building like um, curiosity, but also learning yeah. um, a little bit of unschooling going on here. So I appreciate that he is interested in being a world citizen. And I'm thankful to travel for providing that opportunity for us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, do you have any other last tips to give to listeners that have a similar family dynamic or may want to relate to people they know? Um, I think first and foremost, like before you decide, uh, like once you've decided on a location that you want to go to, and I'm sure you can relate with this, but um, we always show my son where we're going through YouTube or pictures or something on the internet because unfortunately 
surprises are horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's, so that's, I always, that's, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I always said I'm a first success wherever we go. Like, um, so for Santa Fe, we're watching lots of videos, um, about Santa Fe and like what to expect. What does the city look like? What kind of food do they have there? So he's not like, um, uh, I'm not going to try that. I'm not going to do that. I don't like that. Or, you know, he, so he is very well prepared. Uh, to know what to expect. And we do that um, with Disney all, even though we've been to Disney a lot. <laughs> I know he's coming over here. <laughs> um, I always show my son ride videos at Disney because I don't want to go there and then him be like, nope, that's too scary. I'm not doing that. Like, and then, because it has happened where right. <laughs> we've had him and he's like, uh, nope, I'm not doing that. So I always, I love to tell them well in advance and prepare them well in advance so that they are not surprised about where they're going. <laughs> that's fair. And yeah. That's totally. smart. That right. would, because that's the big thing. Like the surprise factor is, is not great. It's not great. No. And it, it just, it makes it harder for them because especially when they're used to their routine exactly. at home. Yeah. So I just, I just love to make sure that, um, he knows and it's like marked on the calendar. This is the date that we're leaving. This is what we're going to do. And like, oh, also like um, what to expect at the airport. Because uh, there's another pro. That's another tip I, I really highly like. If you don't take anything, take away this. <laughs> like, I mean, the, right. the entire show to right. this point meant nothing to y'all until <laughs> this moment. So thanks right. for being around for the golden era. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this program is called um, Wings Over Autism. And for all that I've said about the airlines, I will say that they have this program that's like a drill for um, people with cognitive disabilities. So if they've never flown before, so you could sign up for this program or if you're working with a travel agent, you can, they can sign you up for this program. And once things get back to normal for flying. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, please. Um, <sighs> it's like so frustrating. But they, they, they basically like run you through what's going to happen. So you don't actually like leave the airport. You don't take off or anything, but they will take you through um, like, you know, giving your bags over to the check-in counter, going through security. Um, they'll actually put you on an airplane and they might taxi on the runway and then come back. But the whole thing is just so that they know and they can see everything that happens before you actually take off in the air. And I think that program is like one of the most fantastic programs because again, no surprises. Like, yeah. So having that program available, it makes flying so much easier. So, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's free as far as I know. It's free. So, mm-hmm. so you just go, I mean, you're like, you know, you're just going to bring empty bags to security and all that kind of does. Yeah. But like, it's just amazing that they have that program out there to be like, okay, this is what... <laughs> you know, to expect. So yeah, I okay. love that. I yeah. definitely look into that. That's, a, right. that's freaking amazing. Isn't it? Like TSA cares and wings over autism. I'll send you, I'll send you those links. Thank <laughs> you sure. so much. Yeah. No All problem. Right. I, I think I got what I need. So this was uh, a little regretful because all these opportunities that I wish we would have looked into or heard of, but to be fair, that they are just now coming up. All of this is like recently new developed programs and we still have a long way to go, but it's much better now than it was, I would say like 20 years ago when we were hustle and bustle 
traveling to different cities or visiting families. So I'm happy that these resources are out there for new families with special needs and that hopefully I can at least personally maybe can make use of this and plan around it too, especially finally excuse for Hawaii. Like another another point for Hawaii to bring up to the parents. It's like, here you go. Resort bubble. Yes. (laughs) And hopefully I, I have my fingers crossed that hopefully at the end of the year, like it'll, they'll lax or, you know, ease some restrictions, fingers crossed, but yes, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) All right, Dina, I have to say thank you so much for coming on to my show. Thank you for being basically a guru for me Uh, and my family. I will definitely have to tell them about this episode specifically because this is, this is a big deal because this is a very sensitive topic for us. And I'm just happy to know that there are resources out there that can make travel more possible and more tolerable. Right. If not just fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes, for sure. And that's what I'm here for. And uh, like the, like I said, the IBCCS is, here for as well. So thank you so much. I'm so thrilled that you let me (laughs) speak on your podcast today. It's been really awesome. (laughs) All right. Uh, She will send me all the information I'll put in my show notes. So anyone who is interested or want to share out to other people out there, it'll be present. It'll be on the interweb. So you know, it's real. Hopefully. Yes. (laughs) This this stuff is real. Unlike everything else out there in the world. Right. 100%. All right. I'll send things off. Bye. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my God. That was great. Yay. Thank you all for joining me on this week's episode of Your Odyssey Awaits. As promised, I listed the resources and recommendations down in the description of each episode of the podcast to serve as a guide for your future travel planning. Now, if you want to commit to a weekly dose of sage advice with a side of chuckles, you are welcome to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred directory. And hey, if you have a friend or family member that needs an extra push to kickstart their wanderlust, feel free to share this podcast with them. No need to keep me a secret. All right, my bold and beautiful wanderers, the adventure continues next week. Get some needed rest until then and be prepared for whatever nonsense comes our way. 